Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Art Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher McClellan. Our podcast offers stories of fascinating residents who are proud to call the terraces at Bonita Springs home, as well as our terrific team members who are dedicated to support and improve our residents' lives. To learn more about the terraces at Bonita Springs Lifestyle, visit us online at the terraces at bonitasprings.com or call us at 239-306-5018 and be sure to subscribe to the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. On today's episode, I would like to introduce you to our Corporate Director of Culinary Excellence, Krista Adams. All throughout the episode, you'll learn of Krista's resident-focused culinary promise, which engages our residents in the dining experience even before they come into the dining venue. Krista brings together the best culinarians who share her desire to make a difference in our residents' lives while striving for perfection every day through absolutely delicious cuisine. I know you're going to love Krista's enthusiasm for her role as the Director of Culinary Excellence. Well, greetings, Krista, and welcome to the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast. It is great to visit with you today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I've just uh, really enjoyed reading a little bit about your bio, but goodness, I have to ask right off the bat, how does one plan for meals for 365 days for three different communities. That What an awesome responsibility you have. It is, and it is a lot of fun, but there is some serious business involved, I would say. We go through a process of interviewing candidates for chef, uh, executive chefs and sous chefs, and we come up with assessments to choose the best candidate for that community. And we trust that with our executive chef's training and our dining director's training, that we have chosen the best culinarians for that community to be able to create in menus and events and catering for our for the terraces at Bonita Springs. And so we have a new executive chef here and he w- he uh, was the executive sous chef and he went through the process and we're just pleased that we have a system in place to be able to identify the talent. When it comes to senior living communities, you know, the food services is so critical to make sure that uh, all the residents are happy because everybody has different taste buds. Yes, everybody does have different taste buds and it, it's a joy to be able to be a part of the dining experience that our residents have. And so finding out what they like, what everybody likes, and then also personalizing items for our residents. You know, a lot of times our our front of the house staff and team members get to really know our residents. And so they can walk the residents and their guests through the experience as we have daily lineups and huddles uh, where we have tastings of each chef special. And so we really like to personalize that experience for our residents and make sure that we have a variety of items on the menu and chef specials for the day. Well, tell our listeners what a day in the life of the corporate director of culinary excellence would be. 
oh, wow, (laughs) that can change from day to day and week to week. I kind of thought so, yes. There's a lot of strategy involved. And I believe from the beginning, I've been with Santa Fe Senior Living for about a year and a half now. And I would say that it that my responsibilities ebb and flow with the needs of the communities. So there could be a week where I'm on site and I am uh, side by side with the uh, team members in the kitchen. And there could be a couple of days that I'm meeting with the executive director and going over strategy plans. It, It just varies from day to day. Recently, we had a culinary summit and we had all of the dining directors meet centrally. And we spent two days putting our heads together and formulating that community strategy for each community that we have. So it's not a corporate strategy of everybody needs to do this. It's personalized. And the dining director of each community personalizes that strategy for their community and what's best for the residents. I'd be real interested to know how you found your way into senior living because you have such a, an impressive background with the Thomas Keller restaurants and the French Laundry restaurant out in Napa Valley, where I think you did your internship. But I'd be real interested to hear the story about how you found your way into senior living. Well, I guess I can give you an abbreviated version, Chris. How does that sound? (laughs) That'd be, (laughs) that'll be great. I started really interested in culinary and food as a child. My father was a chef and my mom was an artist. And I think I've captured a little bit of both um, from each of them. As culinary arts is arts, as you can, as you can see, that's why we go to school. And really what we display and what we create and what we make for the dining experience is artwork. And so I was encouraged to go to university and become a teacher like everybody else in my family. And so I did that. And I wasn't happy. So I went to culinary school as a second career. And at 27 years old, I went to Le Cordon Bleu. And I set my sights really high, stretching myself as far as I could stretch and becoming a sponge in the industry. And I think a lot of people want to get into the industry because they see the Food Network and it's a glamorous title. But there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And I knew and saw what went into it as a child growing up with a father that was a chef It wasn't as glamorous as you see on TV today, but it was my passion. And so I lived it. I owned a small deli for five years and did catering. And then I went on to culinary school. And how I got to senior living was I spent some time in five-star dining. As you mentioned, the French Laundry, I was there when it was the number one restaurant in the world in Mm -hmm. 2004. And I've worked at a couple, I worked at three more of Thomas Keller's restaurants. And That industry and the restaurant industry, five-star dining, is so demanding. And at the time, I was married, and I I did still have my business. And I went on to work for the Ritz-Carlton and Buckhead. I was living in Atlanta at the time. Oh, very good. Yes. And uh, I worked there until I worked my way up the ladder to become a sous chef. So I sat on the team there with the executive chef, worked under a really awesome master French chef, and did a little bit of time in pastry. And I said... My gosh, it was Thanksgiving and I worked probably three 26-hour days. That's all I can remember. <laughs> if there's 26 <laughs> hours in a day, but they were I, they were I, pretty tight. You did them. I get it. Yeah. They were about 18-hour days, 20-hour um, mm-hmm. days before Thanksgiving. And I had met somebody that was in contract food service and they handed me a card at some event that I was at and said, give me a call when you want to change your career and go down a different path. And so after I kind of worked my way up into management, spent a couple of years in fine dining, hotels and restaurants, I I gave somebody a call. And so I entered a contract food service about 18, 
16, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. I started out in education, K through 12, and then I progressed into corporate dining, B&I, business and industry. And then six years ago, I had somebody re- reach out to me and uh, wanted to explore senior living. And I think as we all get older, we all see ourselves aging. We see our parents aging. And I had uh, my grandmother in a CCRC. Uh, my wow. other grandmother was in a nursing home. And I wanted to make a difference in the lives of seniors. And I knew that I can make a difference in food and restaurants. I can make a difference in food and in, in, uh, hotels, all the way through education, corporate dining. And now I was going to venture into senior living. So that is where I plan on staying. It's been a pleasure uh, working in senior living, and we get to affect the experience that our residents have daily. You've covered the the entire lifespan and, <laughs> and, the, and the experience you've gained. And then having that personal touch as well with a family member that's involved in senior living, it really gives you a whole different perspective, uh, I would think. Definitely. When you're in independent living, you still are able to go to frequent your favorite restaurants and dine in the dining room and the different venues and bistros that the um, senior living community has. But as you enter into different levels of care and you uh, go to assisted living or healthcare rehab, should you have any type of surgery, the choices need to be abundant and the variety needs to be abundant and the quality needs to be there. And so if we can, our team here at Santa Fe, if we can be a part of that journey, and if we can be a part of making dining better every day for our residents, then we've done something right. Uh, that, that's so critical. But now, now I, I, Krista, I have to put you on the spot, though. I, yes. I, have, to ask you, I have to ask you a personal question. I'm yes, sorry, of course. Who is your favorite chef? Oh, gosh. I would have to say... My resume kind of speaks for it, but yeah, you know, Tom, kinda, Tom, <laughs> Thomas I was going to say probably Thomas probably, Keller, but I wanted to uh, ask. <laughs> he is probably somebody that I look up to, definitely in culinary. I had engagements with him when I worked at the French Laundry. In fact, he wanted me to open up Bouchon in Las Vegas as he was opening it back then. And I had a business and a husband that I had to get back to. So I was unable to go into work for him. But he is just the pinnacle of exceptional and of excellence. And he signed one of my cookbooks and he said, it's all about finesse. And that is so critical because we have to put the detail and the finesse into culinary, into food and into the experience. It's not just the plate you get. It's not the food that you put in your mouth. It's from the moment that you're greeted when you enter a dining room or a a venue, uh, be it a casual bistro, a a bar uh, happy hour, or whether it's a dining room. But we have to be the excellence that that everybody receives in their experience in dining. It's from the minute they somebody walks in the door to the time that they walk out. It's more than just serving a plate. Definitely, definitely. Krista, I guess it's safe to say that probably Thomas Keller's cookbooks are probably your favorite. Oh, yes, definitely. I have a couple of them signed and a couple of them I don't have signed. And they're my point of reference for so many different things, whether it's... Uh, something that I'm looking for for work or personally on a weekend or on a day off that I have. The technique is really what he drives home and just almost achieving whatever we call in our culinary world perfection. So as culinarians and as chefs, I'm sure you've heard that we strive to get things excellent, perfect, whatever you want to call it. And so I think that our teams and, and our chefs that work for us, and I would, I'll speak for myself, there, there is a lot of pressure on us that we put on ourselves. Sure. 
And I have one more personal question to ask you, if I hope you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Ask me all the what, questions what, you want. What is your favorite dish that you like to cook for your family? I would say that when I really want to dig into something uh, on a day off and, and have just a great experience, um, my latest, it kind of changes with the weather, the year, mm-hmm. uh, the temperature is making homemade pasta. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> And I use Thomas Keller's seven yolk recipe, and it is all about the finesse. It's the kneading process that takes, you can make a pasta ball in just a couple of minutes, but did you knead it for 20 to 25 minutes to get it absolutely smooth, absolutely elastic, where it snaps in your mouth when you cook the pasta al dente and it's perfect. So in fact, I just made pasta two nights ago at home. And I just like a simple sauce, nothing fancy, and you just enjoy the pasta. So I would say that that's my favorite dish right now, Chris. Well, I somehow I'm going to have to wiggle my way in for an invitation. So, <laughs> but, but goodness, and it kind of leads right into my next question is you're managing three very different, three very wonderful, but three very different communities. But tell us about, tell our listeners a little bit about the culinary promise. I just think this is just a real important concept of, of how you move forward with three different uh, communities. Wonderful. Thank you for asking. And the our culinary promise at Santa Fe and at the terraces at Benita Springs is really the backbone, the roadmap, if you will, for our culinary success. And this strategy, this promise that we developed in the beginning was a culmination of pulling all of the dining directors together and all of the chefs, as well as the food and beverage committees at all three communities to map out a promise to our residents in what we're going to deliver. And so with this being a new position, the Director of Culinary Excellence, there's a lot of questions when I started, you know, who is this person? What is what is he or she going to bring to the table? And so what I wanted to map out, what we wanted to map out as a team was what our promise is going to be to our resident. And so we brought it, as I mentioned, to the Food and Beverage Committee, and we got so many, so much wonderful feedback from the residents. And we wanted them to be a part of the discovery of right. what this culinary promise was. And so we have six different pillars. One is better for you. Those are the heart-healthy items. House-made which is scratch-made food. A lot of the communities were making homemade salad dressings, but if they weren't making homemade salad dressings, there was a timeline and a phased approach to get to that point where we were making homemade salad dressings, homemade potato dishes, and then also the elimination of anything that was a convenience item. Also seasonal local in Florida fresh, as well as environmentally aware and responsibly sourced. Another pillar of our promise is safety, and being safe is very important in in the food service industry, and I'm sure we've all been privy to uh, sanitation and safety on the heels of COVID, and we've all experienced what we've seen on TV and what our loved ones have experienced um, in in senior living communities, and also well-served. So when we presented this to our residents, I believe it was the terraces here that said, where's the resident in all of this? And so right smack dab in the middle, we have the resident at the center of our culinary promise. And all six of the pillars reach out from the resident because it is the resident that is our focus here. And so a lot of times we focus just on the food, 
But as I mentioned, the safety and being well-served is also a part of that experience and ensuring that our residents know that that is our promise to them. So we have also resident connection and service recovery training. And so all of our team members are trained upon uh, hire uh, that work in the front of the house and the back of the house on how to connect with our residents in the dining experience. And we all know that we're human and we make mistakes. So what we coach them and develop them in this training is letting them know it's not about a small mistake you made. It's about the recovery. So we have a, a system in place that checks up to make sure that if we make a mistake, what's the recovery and, and how are we addressing those? And so it's all the way around engaging the resident from the before they ever enter our dining uh, room or, or our bistros or our restaurants all the way to the end of the dining experience. And it's so important to have the residents involved. Definitely. Definitely. And a lot of times, really the majority of times that we have an ideation or a strategy or a menu change or a change in menu strategy, we present those changes and those ideas to the Food and Beverage Committee and we bounce ideas off of them. And it they really provide helpful feedback to us that we can then take and, and implement into our strategy or ideation or plan that, that helps us uh, sync together from the rollout of anything new. And so they know about it ahead of time and it doesn't sideswipe them or they don't find out about it afterwards. That's kind of like dishing with the chef. What a fun way to, <laughs> what a fun afternoon to dish yes. with the chef. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I understand uh, that you're getting ready to introduce, or maybe you have already introduced a new uh, bistro strategy. Yes. So we are going to be opening the new bistro here at the terraces. It's under construction right now. And really what this strategy entails is it's a set of standards that ensures consistency and quality. And so it's a blank, or not a blank template, but it's a template that I've worked with each of the directors on and each one of the communities and the directors gets to establish what their benchmark is for what they would like in their bistro. So to give you an example, have you ever gone to, uh, let's say, Einstein Bagels or, or another company that's a bagel company, and your favorite bagel is not there? You go in and you say, I want the everything bagel. I want the I want everything the bagel. Where is it? Right. I want the chocolate chip bagel, and it's not there. <laughs> so what we do with this strategy is establish the benchmark that we have. And we call it a minimum standard, but really it's a standard that lets us exceed our expectations. So if we have three scones, if we have scones at our bistro, we want to make sure that we establish that we are going to have two or three varieties. What, Whatever that is, whatever size capability uh, the bistro has, it might be two selections of scones at one community and four at another, depending on on the real estate that we have to showcase those items. And, and that goes on to say how many bagels, how many variations of bread, how many salad dressings. And so each community gets to develop their strategy with a template that guides them for success. And really what this strategy and manager guide is, that's what we call it, the manager guide, yeah. is for our managers to be able to give our team members tools for success. So when we hire a new front of the house cashier at the bistro, they can reference that guide and see, oh, wait, we've only got five salad dressings today. We normally have six. Let me go make sure that I have that six salad dressing and where we don't miss the mark. And so it really ensures quality and consistency. Wow. Uh, that, you're, 
this is so impressive to see see and listen and hear all the great things that you're doing for the residents at all three communities, but specifically right now at uh, the terraces at Bonita Springs. So, you know, Krista, it's just a, a delight to visit with you today. I can't wait to, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get that invitation for homemade uh, pasta. Homemade <laughs> pasta. You got it, Chris. Yeah. But thanks so much for joining us today and continued success. And I'll look forward to uh, visiting with you again down the road. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. Without a doubt, Krista is redefining the culinary experience in senior living and making a difference through cuisine and dieting. And her enthusiasm is infectious. To learn how you can enjoy our resident focus, culinary promise, as well as our enriching lifestyle at the Terraces at Bonita Springs, please visit us online at theterracesatbonitasprings.com or call us at 239 306 5018 and be sure to subscribe to the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Christopher McClellan. We'll see you for another episode of the Terraces at Bonita Springs Connections podcast real soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye for now.